I mean, I hate to use the term wild or effectively wild because he's not wild, but he's he's missed enough where it puts something in the back of your yeah you're your not mind comfortable looking yep. for one spot against him. Good morning and welcome to episode 269 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I am Ben Lindbergh, joined by Sam Miller. Hello, Sam. Howdy. Um, anything to say before we start? Um, no. Well, I no. <laughs> okay. Uh, all business then. What's your What's your topic? Robinson Cano. Okay, and mine is Jose Fernandez. Okay, um, go for it. All right, so I just wanted to revisit a discussion that we had earlier this year that I do not recall any of. Um, we talked about the service time considerations when Jose Fernandez was called up. This was on April 8th, episode 176. Uh, and basically the, the thing is that if the Marlins had waited even just a couple weeks, a few weeks to call up Fernandez, uh, he would not have become a free agent until a year later, which seems like a sort of an important thing for, for any team to consider, especially a team that doesn't spend a lot of money like the Marlins. Uh, so now I thought we could revisit that because Jose Fernandez's season is almost at an end. He beat the Dodgers Monday, which is almost an impossible task. Uh, the Dodgers are now in a losing streak. They have lost two in a row. Um, and Hernandez is now at 145 and two-thirds innings. He is supposedly going to be limited to 150 to 170. So he is very close to done. He's he's probably just got a few more starts left and maybe will wrap up in early September. And then that and, will be that. <clears throat> we presume that they are not planning on optioning him at that point? Uh, not... I. I don't know if if the if the concern is the innings. Um, I mean, well, you, you you don't mean like have him pitch in the minors. You just you just mean uh, option him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I don't know. Um, I mean, it would be it would it would not play well. No, uh, it is not right. It is not like the Twins optioning Kyle Gibson in his yeah thirty four ERA. Yeah, I would I would think the players union would would probably not be pleased about that and are not big fans of the Marlins as it is. Um, so so let's assume that they don't do that. Does it change anything that he has been amazing? Um, I, I mean, when he was called up, there was, there was some concern that possibly he wasn't ready. Uh, now, obviously, we, we know that, that the Marlins were... We're right about that, or it seems that they they knew their guy and they knew that he was was completely ready without ever appearing in Double A or Triple A. Uh, he was ready to dominate at the major league level, and he has, and it's been wonderful. And I'm glad we've all gotten to see it. But uh, does it does it make sense? Does it change anything that he has been dominant and that leaving him in the minors even for a few starts would have been probably a, a waste developmentally speaking? Or does it still kind of come down to what was the point? Right. To to what end did they get all of this right. from him? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because if you're, I mean, if you're selling off everything that isn't nailed down, um, <clears throat> then you know, to some degree, uh, like 
Jose Fernandez, service time is also an asset that you are kind of, uh, to, to sort of stretch it into a metaphor or something, um, that you are not selling off. It's like the one thing that you're uh, paying for. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, I, I guess that uh, I'm slowly the conversation that we had is coming back to me. I, I think that at one point we mentioned that, um, you know, one benefit to the Marlins is that um, they're in, you know, they basically have, they've given their fans nothing this year. Yeah. And they are, they, they sort of, they went into the off season with, I mean, into the season basically in a losing streak. They, you know, it's like they had lost five months in a row uh-huh. and they were just going into the, into the season in this sort of miserable place. And so just by bringing him up, you kind of like, you snap the losing streak and you get this one victory that uh-huh. fans can hold on to. Um, maybe it's worth it for that. I, I also, I, you know, the thing is that presumably, it's not necessarily the case, but presumably Fernandez is either going to sign a long extension or Fernandez is going to get traded mm-hmm. uh, be- before, you know, before his sixth year comes up, right? Yeah. And before it, it, it matters a lot. Now, obviously, if you're trading him, his contract status is part of the trade calculus and the team that trades for him is aware of his his uh, you know his contract status and if if Fernandez has an extra year of club control he's going to be worth more to the team mm-hmm. and so it's not that that's a non-issue but I think it does get sort of smoothed out a little bit um, and they probably like like let's say that the the value of uh, keeping him down would have been I don't know like say five million dollars they, they it's five million dollars in surplus value that they're giving up my guess is that the, the way that trades work um, that, you know, they probably give up some of that, but not all 5 million that they, you know, they lose a couple million in surplus value trading him off, mm-hmm. but you know, probably not a lot. I mean, these trades are, you know, we don't really know how to calculate things well enough to make them actually even. Mm-hmm. So they're all kind of rough guesstimates. And once you get down to the $2 million of service of, of uh, surplus value for a player who, when he gets traded is likely going to have you know, 30 or 40 or 50 million dollars worth of surplus value, mm-hmm. it's basically a rounding error. It's probably not likely to show up. So from the Marlins perspective, it's very unlikely that the, that the specific sixth year of club control is ever going to be used. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of a matter of how much of the hypothetical sixth year of club control they're, 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 they're going to lose. So I don't know. I, I kind of think it's um, this, this Marlins season didn't go as poorly as it could have, and maybe arguably as it should have. And I think that this is a rare case where I sort of feel like that was necessary, Uh Um, that the difference between, you know, 55 wins and 65 wins actually does seem fairly significant this year. Uh And, um, and, you know, there might be some, there might be some benefit too in getting, you know, by bringing Fernandez up for the start of the season and really letting him, you know, pitch uninterrupted for a full season as a 20 year old, you might have some kind of like, yeah, or at least they might perceive some side benefit in his development as an ACE, mm-hmm. like capital A ACE. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I guess I, I don't mind it, but I kind of don't mind it because, you know, I, I enjoyed it and it worked out well. I mean, if it had it worked out 10% less well, then maybe it would have looked terrible. And, no matter how much they knew about him and no matter how much they knew about his ability to thrive, they didn't know this was going to happen. They they had hopes that it would happen. They might have had mm-hmm. some sort of 
odds that they put on it happening, but they did not know that he was going to pitch exactly this good. Um, yeah. And if he hadn't, then it wouldn't have looked as good. Yeah. Uh, and, and the difference in wins, realistically, is, I mean, what, one, two? I mean, we're talking about well, yeah, but three for... starts. Uh, uh-huh. And, you know, maybe he wins two or three of those starts, and whoever else would have yeah. been starting wins one or two or none, but it's, you know, there's just not enough time for it to be a big impact. Um, well, if you're, I mean, if you're talking about their options, their option really was to, you know, they, they had the option of bringing him up for opening day. They had the option of waiting three weeks. They had the option of waiting until, you know, mid-June. But, you know, he hadn't pitched A yet. It would have been very easy for them to keep him down until next year, uh, yeah. three weeks of the season <laughs> sure. two. Right. Nobody uh, would have nobody would have noticed if they had done that. If he had been called up uh, April 29th, 2014, nobody would have noticed anything funny going on. Um, so it's, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily just three starts. There's there's different tiers of choices that they got to make. Yeah, uh, right. So, I, I mean, he had, uh, what was his ERA in the, the first half? 2.75, and he's gotten way better since then. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, if he had done... I mean, I don't know what the what the translation or the minor league equivalency is for that in Double A, but something crazy. Um, so you know, if he had gone out and had a two ERA or sub two ERA for the first half or something, then people probably would have been calling for some sort of promotion, um, possibly. But but yeah, it wasn't even on the radar uh, when they did call him up. No one was was saying, "Why aren't the Marlins giving this guy a shot?" No one even considered really that they might give him a shot. Came as a complete surprise. Um, I thought I had mis I, I thought I had misunderstood at the time. I I thought that like <laughs> I thought that it was like sometimes you'll see like a tweet that'll be like. Uh, uh, you know, Carlos Correa gets promoted, and you're like, holy cow, Carlos Correa! And then you find out it's like from the Midwest League to the California <laughs> yes. League, yeah. and it's and 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 it takes you because you weren't paying very much attention to this. It takes you like three weeks before you realize it, mm-hmm. and you only realize it when like your fantasy league shortstop goes down or something, and you like run to the waiver wire to pick up you know Xander Bogarts, and then you realize that he's still in Pawtucket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, that, yeah, it, that probably happens to everybody. That's like the most relatable thing in the world I've ever said, right? <laughs> Everybody's at home just nodding Universal along. experience, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so it is a, it was, I don't know, it's a strange move for the Marlins considering the other moves they make uh, where they just prioritize money over, over everything, it seems like. Like with the Ricky Nolasco trade, prioritizing getting rid of his contract instead of possibly getting a good good prospect back um so it's it seems kind of inconsistent and i guess i see what you're saying about possibly changing the narrative early enough in the season get some positivity surrounding the team or excitement or something and that maybe over the full season that that has an impact the marlins are averaging eighteen thousand five hundred fans which is down about ten thousand or so from from their first first season in the new stadium last year um, and is worse than than anyone but the Rays. So it's not as if there's been a, a, a great well, groundswell of no, support. But... Of course not, but it's they're all losing situations for the Marlins. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like it's like uh, that movie uh, 127 Hours mm-hmm. when like he's he's drinking his water and he's only got like a little bit of water 
And it's not like that. It's not like he he has so much water that he's like going to be in like perfect health and like just an awesome place. He's not gonna he's not gonna be like thrilled with his water supply. But it's just a tiny little bit, and it keeps him alive. You know, mm-hmm. that's all it is. It's just something to keep the heart beating every you know minute or two until the you know until it can get saved. Yeah. All right. So I I can see I can see that. Uh, then again, if it if the if the value that they sacrificed is Three million dollars. That's that's more than they're currently paying any of their players. Um, so it's not not an insignificant amount. It's not. It's it's just hard for me to get too fired up about anything that the Marlins do that's good or bad because I just don't I don't think I take them seriously as a, as a contender in the rest of my lifetime. Uh-huh. I just sort of think like everything they do is going to be everything they do is going to lead to loss. So you know this is probably kind of this is probably going to lead to loss and the alternative would have led to loss. I mean, they're just going to lose. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you take a, take a shot on whatever dumb idea you have. <laughs> Maybe it's slightly better. Maybe it works. Yeah. But you know, there's no, there's no like winning plan for them right now. The winning plan is like maybe five years of things go perfectly well and they get to reset mm-hmm. and hope that we have forgotten and everybody else has forgotten. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, it, the plan is is usually for for Jeffrey Luria to pocket more money, it seems, and so the the successful plan would be for him to pocket more of of that money. So it's, I guess, it's surprising to me that still that they deviated from that, and and I wonder if it's that maybe they they didn't think that they were sacrificing any money. Maybe maybe you're right that they did some kind of analysis that suggested that having him up early would over the long run produce more ticket sales or fan interest or something and it would all even out uh perhaps perhaps it has um but it's it's nice for us that we've gotten to see or will have gotten to see almost a full season of fernandez doing uh really historic and and amazing things all right Mm -hmm. uh so my topic is robinson cano today uh usa today's bob nightingale reported that the dodgers have privately stated uh that they won't what i not completely privately because bob nightingale is reporting it but but yes <laughs> yeah that's true uh they don't that they're not going to go after robinson cano this off season and um robinson cano i think I, I was i was certainly anticipating the bidding war between the dodgers and the yankees uh for cano and i was interested to see you know, if like if the Yankees were destined to get him back, it was I was interested to see how much the the Dodgers could could move the price upward. And you know, I kind of Cano's sort of uh, you know he, he's sort of tailed off a bit, so I don't think he's going to. But th- it seemed at a certain point that there was some outside chance, not a great chance, but some outside chance that you know this, that he could be going into free agency, coming off of another monster season uh, with two teams desperate for his services, the two richest teams in baseball history, and then we might see the first $300 million contract. And, you know, that's probably not going to happen. But there's still going to be, you know, quite a bit of demand for him. He's by far the best free agent on the market. And so based on this news that the Dodgers uh, privately uh, don't want to plan not to pursue him, I wanted to get your uh, handicapping of um, the the teams in the Robinson Cano race. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know what percentage chances you think each of them have. Uh-huh. And so I asked you in advance to prepare your hundred percent, uh, distribution mm-hmm. of odds. 
Yes. And I've done the same. Okay. And I'm curious to hear how you think that the, um, the outlook is for Cano right now. Okay. Um, there was also news about the Angels and Dodgers having held discussions about a Howie Kendrick trade that came out yesterday, there too. Was. Um, and that was, to some degree, wrapped into this story mm-hmm. as, like, maybe the Dodgers were looking at other options, yeah. you know, other than Cano, and this sort of supports the idea that they don't necessarily intend to have Cano. Yeah, and to be honest, I I think if you had asked me yesterday, I'm not really sure that my Dodgers percentage has changed as a result of this story. I don't think I would bump it down all that much just because of a private, not private conversation that supposedly leaked. Yeah, me neither. Okay. Uh, almost no, almost no change in my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't really believe the conversation originally. Uh, uh, you know. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't really believe that whatever. It could be one of those things where where someone sat down and said, "Hey, let's have a conversation about this, so that we can tell a reporter that we had a conversation about this." And yeah, it could be, and it also could be that there's you know a whole lot of decision makers in the Dodgers front office and that mm-hmm. one of them told another one, I don't think we should go get Cano. And that's what, yeah, that's what, led, I mean, you know, it's, and plus it's, it's August. I don't think they know what they're going to do. Right. Well, maybe they do, but uh, anyway, it doesn't change my opinion. So mm-hmm. go ahead. Uh, so are you, so are you wanting, are you going to ask me about specific teams or are we just ranking them or what? Uh, why don't you just, well, why don't we just start by what is the team you think is most likely to, to get Robinson Cano? The Yankees. I, I also think the Yankees. What is your percentage? 42. Okay, I have him at 51. A very, okay. a very, so you have a plurality, I have a majority. Yeah, I, I, I had to fight the urge to put it even higher. So you think it is more likely that another that Robinson Cano will be playing somewhere else than in, in New York next year? You, you actually think it is more likely that he will leave than he will stay? I guess so. That, I guess that's the, the implication. I, uh, <laughs> I'm not really comfortable with my having said that, but um, and I kept trying to like bump it up and figure out where I could bump down to get them a little bit higher. But ultimately, I I left it there. All right. Uh, and do you have the Dodgers number two? Yes. And what percentage do you have them? Fifteen. Fifteen. Wow. So I have the Dodgers at twenty-six. So I've already given up three quarters of my pie, and you're you're just barely past half. Yeah. Um, I just yeah. I don't think I'm very good at predicting where free agents no, will well, go. <laughs> no. So this I, is a completely I've, farcical conversation. I've built Nobody in a lot is. of uh, a lot of uncertainty here, and, and given a lot Fair. of teams tiny chances. How many teams do you have on your list? Well, I I did okay. So who? How many have a an at least a a one percent chance? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I put I have like seventeen with a seventeen <laughs> with a one percent chance at least. You have seventeen teams. You're saying that there are fifteen <laughs> teams that are not the Yankees and the Dodgers that you give a one percent chance to. Fifteen teams. Yeah. That's incredible. I can't wait to hear your list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, see, there are a lot that seem so unlikely that I would say it's just about impossible, but I feel like I am terrible at predicting free agents and that if I did this exercise with every free agent every winter, I, I mean, you can narrow down the list to some extent. You have 
I don't know, like, I'll, okay, so on the 11 teams that I have that have zeros or 12 teams I have that have zeros um, are, are teams that never spend on anyone or they just locked up a second baseman or something and there's <laughs> no real flexibility anywhere else for them to move someone. Um, yeah, but if you have the Astros, do you have the Astros on there? Uh, the Astros are a zero. Oh, I, w- I wanted so badly to give the Astros a one, but I just couldn't make it happen. So they're, <laughs> yeah. Um, they're zero. Yeah. So, so it, yeah, it's just a reflection of the fact that I don't think I know what I'm doing here. And that if I, I mean, every year people predict free agent destinations and, uh, I mean, there, there are like crowdsource ones on MLB trade rumors and there are expert ones and, Again, I mean, you can always rule out some teams or just about, but how many, how many, I mean, when we did a, we did a a 30 or we did a top 50 free agents list um, and, and RJ predicted destinations and I don't remember what his success rate was. I I should have looked before we started recording, but it wasn't. Oh, it's not good. No, they're never good. good. No, they're never good. I'm not expecting. Yeah, no, I know. But I mean, just just so that you understand, a 1% chance means that there's a 1 in 100 chance. Mm -hmm. You're aware of that, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. So you can can acknowledge the possibility of a thing happening without simply going to 1 in 100, which is the odds of some of your teams. I would guess that the odds of a few of your teams on there are lower than 1 in 100. But, however... I will say your your point is is well taken. I and and in fact, uh, I did that thing last year or during the off season looking at um, Jerry Krasnick's pull the GM uh, story that he does every year, uh-huh. uh, and yes, he pulls right. a bunch of GMs. And they also are no better than random chance at predicting where free agents are going to go. And they also sometimes name a whole bunch of teams and fail to get the team that actually signs the player. Mm-hmm. And they should know so much better than we do. So. I mean, your point is taken, but I still, I do assume I'm going to laugh at some of the teams that you've given percentage. <laughs> so, all right, so we've talked about the Dodgers and the Yankees. Uh, who do you have third? Uh, I have the the Tigers and the Orioles tied See, at, yeah. at seven. Tigers and Orioles at seven. I don't have the Tigers. I have the Tigers with zero, zero huh. percent. Uh, um, and uh, but maybe that's maybe I should have it one. I have the Orioles at 3%. I think that's a good sleep. Like, I think that the Orioles are unlikely to sign him, obviously. They have 3% in my mind. But they are extremely likely to be tied to him. Yes. Um, they're, they're, they, they're tied to every free agent. <laughs> Ultimately, they they never seem to get any of the big ones. But, uh, yeah. but they Although try. The last, well, the last couple of years, they, it, 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 I think the last couple of years, they've stopped being tied to players for the most part. Um but now I think they will get back into the into the being tied to game. Mm-hmm. I think they're uh, they're going to want to make that big splash. They probably think that they're one big move away. And so why why Tigers at, at zero or one or whatever? Um, <clears throat> I I I don't know. I guess I just it, it doesn't seem like uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess they've gotten decent performance from second base this year is probably why I thought that, but that's probably irrelevant. It's an irrelevant thing. They're still going to have an opening there. And um, Infante is a free agent. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know why I have them as zero. They they just strike me as a team without a lot of money to spend. And mm-hmm. the other thing is that they are they've been so successful mm-hmm. that they're not they're not probably a team that's going to see themselves as one move away. They're in a 
they're in a really good space right now, and I think they're going to want to mostly stay where they are and uh, to some degree work on uh, building a little bit of a farm system so they can smoothly transition into the next winning team. I mean, they don't have they don't they're not desperate. They don't they don't need to do anything. They're doing great. Uh, yeah, sure. But but zero is too low. You're right. They should have been a one percenter at least for me. Mm-hmm. All right. I my number three team was the Angels. Uh, okay. At at just at seven percent, which might be a little high, but I had the Angels um, at four. I think that uh, it would be just like them <laughs> to to decide that the problem is they haven't been signing enough big free agents, yes. and so they <laughs> right. there's not there's basically no starting pitching available on the market. They are desperate, desperate for starting pitching. They have none in the farm system at all. They completely barren farm system for pitching, and so I could see them trading Howie Kendrick. Um, that it would they would consider it easier to trade for pitching than sign pitching, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know make their big splash with uh, with Robinson Cano. I mean, you know, Artie's perpetually on tilt these days, and yeah. who knows? I mean, you know, the last two the last two off seasons, he's a, if if the if the accounts that we hear from from kind of insiders are true, the last two off seasons, he's essentially said, I want the I want the biggest free agent on the market, and I don't care. You know, I don't care what the GM says. I want to go get him, mm-hmm. and so who knows? Who's to say he won't do it a third time? So even though it would be suicide, mm-hmm. but I don't know. You know, if they do it, you know what? If they do it, everybody's going to talk about how great they are and how amazing the lineup is, and how they should be favorites in the West. So that's probably why they'll do it, and maybe they would be. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So uh, you had him at four. Uh, yes. Do you have anybody between four and seven? Uh, I had the Blue Jays at five. I did not include the Blue Jays, but I thought about it. Yeah, see, I, I mean, not not likely. I, we we probably don't have to say that for every team because every team is is not likely, or at least after the Yankees. But um, but yeah, I mean, second base is kind of the the position in the lineup where they don't really have an established guy so much. Uh, they haven't gotten great production out of it. They will be. Competing next year, they'll have, um, I don't know, I guess Josh Johnson off the books and uh, Cano's already been in the division and they'd be taking him away from a, another team in the division and, um, you know, they have some money and, and yeah, so all of those enough, things add up enough, to something. Yeah. They have to also convince Cano to play for them, though. Like, like that's the thing about these is that there's to me there's a five percent chance that the Blue Jays would be interested. Uh-huh. There's a like a one in maybe fifteen chance at that point that they could actually land him, mm-hmm. and so that's why for me a Blue Jays would be you know like round down to zero. Like it's greater than zero, but it's a round down because mm-hmm. I don't I'm not convinced that it makes I it's a it's a long shot that they would even try to make. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, I had the Cubs at five percent. Yeah, I had the Cubs at three. Okay. Uh, I had the Nationals at three. I had them at two. I had the White Sox at three. Really? Huh. Uh, I had the White Sox as a one. I could see the White Sox uh, deciding to to get in it in a hurry. The White Sox seemed like a team to me that could try to get in it in a hurry. Yeah, that's possible. I don't. Yeah, I mean. Even he doesn't get them in it, but but uh, yeah, I mean, Han said something about this being a reshaping rather than a rebuilding, um, and of course Kenny Williams is always there, probably pushing to to contend constantly. So 
Mm-hmm. So, sure. Okay. I have the Mariners at 1%. Me too. And I have the Royals at 1%. Although I kind of think maybe the Royals I want to have two. The, also do. I, 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 I think I move the Royals down to one just because it's. I, I don't know that they can sign anybody. I, right. I, they, it, I, it's really hard to imagine Cano. Like, like, it's really hard for me to imagine Jay-Z being like, no, no, seriously, dude, the barbecue is really good. Like, just just do it. It's fun. You get away from it all. You don't need the big city. Right. Trust me, you need to get it's, – it's better where it's quiet. Yeah, right. And why would he want to go to Kaufman where it's impossible to walk or hit home runs? <laughs> yeah. So. Exactly. Tough sell. Uh, but, uh, so who are, who rounds out yours? So I had the, the Mets at four. Uh-huh. Um, which could be crazy, but uh, they have they have said that they're going to spend some money on free agents. Um, probably wouldn't be the first time that they said they would spend something and then didn't. But uh, you know, they they kind of have the the young core that is maybe kind of coming together, where you could see that they could be competitive in a couple of years, and perhaps they have some money to spend and. It's New York, and you know, I don't know. Maybe they'd like to steal him from the Yankees or something like that. So, concrete jungle where dreams are made of. Yeah, right. So, Mets. Um, let's see, and then uh, yeah, national. Co- I, I didn't really have anyone that we haven't mentioned with a with a high percentage. It was just kind of the the tale of ones that I had that yeah, you did. I want to. I want to hear your tale of ones. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I had you had uh, I put the Braves as a one. Uh-huh. I, I don't remember why, why I did that. Um, they I don't know. I they have Dan Douglas, so there's no. You don't need to explain yeah. your ones. Okay, all right. He doesn't want to know them. Explain the ones. Um, let's see. I had the Giants as a one. I had the Rangers as a one. Uh, just I don't know. They don't really have a position for him. They have more infielders than they than they need. But I just kind of felt like I felt like any competitive team that spends money on players, I was going to give a one, just because who knows? Maybe maybe they'd be interested. Um, I had the Rockies on there, uh, just because you know the Rockies could probably <laughs> probably. Uh, Robinson Cano would make them better, I think. Um, <laughs> they they, uh, they don't really have anyone good playing second base these days, so you never know what the Rockies will do. Uh, so I put them in there as a wild card. Um, <clears throat> I had the Brewers as a one, which is insane, mm-hmm. so I'm changing that to a zero. Uh-huh. So... Give that to the Yankees. You're up to 43 for the Yankees. <laughs> okay, so here you go. Yankees, 43. Um, <clears throat> okay. All right. I'm also going to change. Uh, I put one for Diamondbacks under the competitive team that spends a little money theory, but that's crazy because he's not nearly not nearly gritty enough for that uh-huh. team, uh, aside from, from the fact that they, they signed... Well, I don't know. Uh, I guess, I mean, Aaron Hill is, is there uh, and was signed to an expansion. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move them down to zero because they would never want someone who doesn't run 118% on every ground ball. Um, and 
<clears throat> Who else have we not mentioned here? Uh, All right, let's wrap it up. Yeah, I think I pretty so much got a, to everyone. That's the end of another great show. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, good good exercise. Great idea. All right. I hope people enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> tomorrow is the email show, and I, I think we could we could still use some emails. Uh, having glanced at the inbox, so send us some at podcast at baseballperspectives.com.